Baby, come on in here. Welcome to the cookout. <laughs> hey, cookout cousins. How you doing? I just have one question, y'all. Who made the potato salad? Is that the new girlfriend? Like you remember the last time, and last year's good girl. Mm. Uh uh, what time to start? Uh, and Hey, Cookout Cousins. How are y'all doing? It's your girl, Barb, back for another week of The Mess. Did you just say The Mess? <laughs> yes, The Mess, girl. The last two weeks have been ridiculous, okay? They've been ridiculous, okay? They've been real messy. Real it's up. Well. It's been a little messy. It's been a little shady. I get you. Yeah, it's been a little messy. Y'all gonna say hi to the people? Oh, hey, y'all. I'm sorry. Listen, y'all. Um, yesterday was Bay Day. I'm a little hungover, you know, just slightly, just slightly. Bay day. I like that hashtag. Bay day. Okay. That's really cute, Ty. <laughs> hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Ty, I really want to know about bay day. Um, listen, listen. This is why y'all haven't heard from me this week, because I've been trying to make sure bay day took off. <laughs> um, bay day was cool. So it was supposed to be bay, bay weekend. Um, but yesterday we went to uh well, his best friend came into town. Um, and yesterday we went to Finn and Feathers, um, the one in Douglasville. And it was a it was a good time. Um, oh my gosh, like the alcohol, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not listen, I'm not as young as I used to be. Um, I'm not as young as I used to be. But the, I mean, and the food was good. And so Finn and Feathers is a place that I mean the vibe is always on point like whoever the dj is they always got it like the drinks are good um but the food would be hit or miss and this food was really really good yesterday and not like the i'm drunk so it just tastes good like before i even started drinking and i ate my food it was seasoned to perfection um so shouts out to whoever was in the kitchen at thin and feathers douglasville last night you did your thing okay <laughs> Um, and feathers and, and feathers that's the spot I told y'all we need to go to you did say that I still don't know what it is but it sounds like it's the wave so it is it's like a lounge spot like picture what they wanted mm. Harold's to be in Iowa with like the music <laughs> and all that <laughs> yes it didn't quite work out it didn't quite work out that's funny well I loved it yeah Zayna you have also been going through a lot as a new transplant in Texas. Like, talk to us real quick about the last few weeks. How are you doing? I'm hacky traumatized. <laughs> I'm like very traumatized. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I just moved to Dallas um, in December of last year. And it's been pretty good. The transition has been a little weird, but... For the most part, it's been okay. Um, I already have friends and friends who I call family that live here and from here. So the transition hasn't been really bad um, coming to Dallas. So I thought I was getting away from the winter, but obviously I wasn't because last year was like a whole 
ass level apocalypse and nobody could have guessed that and it I could be I'd be here all day trying to explain and trying to tell y'all what happened from day to day but just know it was crazy everything that could happen did happen so I was without power um I didn't have any water for a period of time I feel really confident in my driving like on ice and snow but everybody else doesn't really know what they're doing so that makes Mm -hmm. it like super dangerous um and people always say that like I know what I'm doing but everybody else doesn't know what I'm doing they're doing but I'm being like really serious like I felt confident in my driving but you know other Texans are not used to ice and snow in that manner I mean it's dangerous to drive in the rain here but that's quiet as hell because folks they just they just be driving crazy. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot. I with me not having any power. Um and you know, like money don't grow on trees. So like I definitely took my food that was in the freezer and put it on the patio. I put put some snow on it and like we covered it up. Because like ain't nobody do. got no money to be trying to buy groceries multiple mm-hmm. times a week. Like because this, you know, it's just like a whole thing. And yeah, I survived it, but I'm very traumatized. Like, yeah, I can't imagine. Very traumatized. Like this week at work, I was very piss poor. I did the bare minimum. And I think that that's okay. Okay. It's also still a Panera outside and a whole pan you know, express. Okay. <laughs> and so couple that with literally uh, Texas falling off of the map for a week. I can definitely understand you being very low in productivity. That's not on you, sis. So we're just glad you're okay. And Mm. you still have your sanity. You still have um, all pieces and parts of of yourself here. So we are thankful for that. Uh, So talk to us. Who who are you bringing to the cookout this week? Uh, Hold up. How have your take been? What's going on? My two weeks. My life, y'all. My life has been, um, oh, Lord. It's been a lot that has been going on, but really buckling down to get ready for this boards exam that I have coming up. And so uh, my life is gonna look real different for the next few months. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about transitions. Um, I'm excited about relocating uh, uh, in a few months. So ultimately I won't complain, uh, but it has been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. So yeah, Zayna girl. Okay, who's I'm coming here. through? I'm present. Excuse me. Okay, so first things first, I'm super excited that Disney Plus finally got on the train and they added Cinderella, the only Cinderella that matters, which is with Brandy and Whitney Houston. So all last week, as I mentioned, like that movie is gold. It's true gold. Literally. And literally. All last week, um, during the snow apocalypse, um, I couldn't turn my TV on. I was convinced that every time I turned my TV on, the electricity went off. It happened twice. <laughs> and that's all it took was twice. Everybody was mm-hmm. like, no, that shouldn't have a connection. Like it should be bad if it's on, it's on. If it's off, it's off. Okay, but like I did it twice and it cut off twice. So like why would I try it a third time if it's not you learning lessons? So I hear that period so like I wasn't messing with that tv last week neither one of them so I had to watch tv on my phone and I had to charge my phone in the car because you know we we were back in the early stone ages where we had electricity (laughs) we had electricity but we didn't have all the other things that you know we now have so I was watching Cinderella a lot 
Like, I was watching Cinderella almost every day, and I had learned all the songs all over again, and it was amazing. I say all that to say, I want to shout out Deborah Martin Chase. Um, she worked on the original film, and I think she needs to be invited. So I'm reading an article from, I think this is Essence. Um, so a little bit, a little piece of it is to say the absolute least, Deborah Martin Chase has cultivated Black culture through her groundbreaking work as an entertainment producer for more than 30 years. From being the first African-American female producer to have a deal at a major studio to her recently announced CBS remake of Equalizer. I didn't even know that. I'm excited about the Equalizer, but I didn't know that she was connected to it. So this is going to include Queen Latifah, which premiered um, Super Bowl Sunday. Chase has solidified her status as a trailblazer. And it goes on and on and on to talk about that. But she played a very integral part in um, the Cinderella remake with Whitney Houston and Brandy, um, as well as our friend, um, I forgot her name, Nestelle Dicelle. She recently passed away, but she's the Brown um, sister uh, uh, a part of the the stepsisters. But anyway, she's amazing talent, and I wanted to shout her out too. I always forget her name, but I never forget her face. But she's a person that I want to invite, Deborah Martin Chase. Um, I also want to invite this couple. I've been following them on social media for a while, and now I feel like I know these people. So I just want to invite the people. But um, there's been a lot of talk on social media about just like PCOS and infertility and just being very sensitive to people who have different backgrounds of being able to reproduce and procreate and all those other things. And so there's a couple, um, Jade and Kyle Winston, they are one of those couples that's like a social media couple, so it's kind of corny, but they've humanized themselves in a way that I think a lot of other people haven't been able to. And um, they recently announced that they are pregnant after 13 years and of trying. And I just wanted to shout them out because um, I can't imagine what that's like being with somebody who is the love of your life and somebody that you really care about and wanting to produce life and not being able to. So I feel like that they deserve a plate and some love and some congratulations. So I wanted to invite them. I think that would be really great. Um, those are my advice unless y'all got somebody I want to throw up in there. Um, I don't. I don't. Okay. What about you, Ty? I don't. No one really like stands out. I'm here for it. I think we should invite Snowflake. That's Ted Cruz's dog. That's the only one that stayed. Last Wait up. <laughs> only Snowflake was the yeah. only rival so, job in Texas. Very, yeah, very quickly. Um, everybody knows that Ted Cruz like fled along with his family um, <laughs> last week. They fled the apocalypse. Um, and so rumor has it, and this is a very strong rumor because there's multiple photos from different angles, but um, they have a family dog named Snowflake, um, ironically. Mm -hmm. And uh, they left Snowflake at home while they were fleeing. Now, nobody really knows if somebody was home with the dog or if there was a sitter that came most like a couple times of the day. We didn't see that. All we know is that 
and reporters drove by snowflakes in the doorway and they but I mean to me that signifies him really trying to hone in on the immigrant experience because sometimes you have to leave members of your family behind in order for you to cross borders in search of a better life and so um I am appreciative of him trying to connect with his constituency Mm -hmm. in that way I'm Uh, not playing with you this morning this is not this is not for you, but I think that whole idea that you're trying to convey can go to hell. Okay. I'm not playing with y'all this morning. Those are my invites. Shout out to Snowflake. Okay. <laughs> she don't like she bite either. She like she's a really mm-hmm. great dog. Anywho, okay. Ty, who is not invited? Um. So for the non-invites this week, I have some categories of people with some examples. Um, so we, we've we talked about okay. before, you know, and we, well, we know academically, right, the over-sexualization of young girls. Um, they are perceived as adults and viewed just sexually, okay? So we get the, the one that's, oh, you're being fast. You're doing this, like, sexuality lies. Um, in the responsibility of young girls, not the men who are the perverts. Um, and so right. I'm, I'm just going to be real with y'all. I know we joke, you know, you got that one uncle who makes everybody feel uncomfortable with his leers um, and words and mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want them folks there. I don't want the creepers at the cookout. Like I want this to be a safe and inviting space. Um, and one example of this is Dominique Weston. Uh, so Dominique Weston is facing charges of criminal sexual assault. I'm sorry, criminal sexual conduct. Um, he has been charged with uh, inappropriate acts with minors. And I think there was something that said, like somebody would look as young as, uh, as being under the age of six. I was reading one of the articles. His, his own daughter, his own daughter. He raped his own daughter. So y'all, Dominique Weston, not to interject, but he actually went to high school with one of my good friends. And she is the one who sent me this information about him. And I am just beyond appalled. I'm like beyond appalled. I don't even know how to process this. This man raped his own daughter consistently, was in forums talking about how other people can groom their children from younger ages to enjoy sexual pleasure. Uh, He was caught behind high schools with 13, 12 year olds. He was uh, in conversation with 13, 14 year olds, both uh, young boys and young girls. Um, The the woman he was dating, the child who he sexually assaulted, she actually works with disadvantaged youth and she didn't even see the signs that her own child was being abused by the man she was dating. And so it's just, I'm beyond it. He got called out by, uh, what, what are we gonna call them? Protectors of the hood. Protectors I'm gonna call them protectors of the hood. <laughs> <laughs> he got called out on live by these protectors of the hood who wanted to put him on blast for, you know, messing with children. And, and this is kind of how all this stuff got out and. To couple all of that, Ty, he is HIV oh positive, gosh. right? He's HIV positive. So he was sexually assaulting all of these children and he's HIV positive. So 
I'm just sick. He's only 26. Like this is, this could be any of your homeboys, the people you dapping up at the barbershop. Like when we have these conversations, it's like, it's scary to know how, how like they just integrate in society in the way that they do it just makes my skin crawl very much so i would like to reserve the cell on the second floor second from the right because i would be in fucking jail it's no way like when i tell you i would be in maximum security my question be to my maximum friend, security my question to my friend was how how did he make it to to jail like how how was he still around for them to arrest him? And y'all, we're not endorsing violence. Let me be very clear. It's but just, I myself I would choose, choose violence. violence. I'm, not, I'm not telling anybody else to choose violence, but I myself, for me, choosing violence. I need choosing my violence. Because I feel like that's beyond unacceptable. That's, that's fucked up on so many levels. And for the mother, and I'm not even blaming the mother because oftentimes we have these careers where we are um, trained to see X, Y, and Z or, or groomed to know X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to our personal lives, you know, there's a blind spot. And so I know a lot of times when things like this come up, it's often easy to blame the mother because she is the mother, but also easy if the mother has a profession where it's like, okay, why don't you know X, Y, and Z? Or like, why didn't you see this? Or why didn't you see that? Sometimes it's truly a blind spot. Sometimes it's truly a blind spot. Now, I don't know the mother from, from Eve. So I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm just giving her the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes it's, it's truly a blind spot and you don't know. Imagine what she's feeling, knowing that that's her she job. She went on Facebook day. And she uh, put a long status up. I actually think I sent that to the group. Uh, wow. But she was basically saying how like she's sick that she didn't see the signs. Like she is trained to notice this in other kids, to to notice this among other adults, and I she didn't how see it going she on. Lied. Maybe she you know, was at home and relaxed. You know, the thing is, I I made that same comment to my friend that to me not seeing the sexual abuse of a child and her, her daughter I think is three or four so this is a young girl oh. I'm wondering how wait she a minute notice. he raped a four-year-old yes yes <laughs> yes yeah right it's, so it's, wait is that the woman because I know I read an article where it, said it was the woman who discharged some bullets into his vehicle Oh, I didn't see that. Maybe. I don't know. Yes. Um, but in that same vein, and since we know we're inviting the people of color to the cookout, this person would have probably never made it to the cookout anyway. But just in the same vein of how we talk about like perpetrators just within our midst, I'm going to pronounce his last name incorrectly, more than likely. But John Gettert, the uh, former U.S. Olympic gymnastics coach, um, who completed suicide um, after being charged with sexual assault and human trafficking um, in relation to the stuff that occurred at Michigan. And so we know that was a big case back then. Um, and I think what it is is that he lied about all of that and he was complicit um, in a lot of that. And so just in, in thinking about that, like we, again, it's a joke. Oh, you know, so-and-so always looking at the young girls, all this. No, but this is, this is real life. Um, and we want the cookout to be a safe space. So me personally, the men who, who fall into that category. And one of the things we pointed out is right. Is for some of them, we would probably never know. 
we would probably never know. Um, for people with um, sexual trauma histories, especially when it was committed by a member of the family. Like this is also the member of the family who's integrated into it, right? And so like they're seen as a stand-up person, this awesome loving person. No one, no one knows what really happens. Um, and so being mindful of that when we're in these spaces and to take account seriously, like this is what's happening. Someone, he said this to me, you know, it's not just, oh, we're just gonna brush it off. Nah, we gonna address this. What's the issue? Also, also parents at our cookout who are like grooming their kids for the NBA or the NFL or the Olympics. Y'all need to be careful with the trainers, the coaches, the mentors that y'all are paying your funds to right? You need to do better research. There were a lot of stories that came out with this particular coach. Parents heard stories, but they all knew that if you trained under him, you were Olympic, uh, you were bound to go to the Olympics, right? So you ignored all of those signs, all of those stories, all of those rumors, just to put your daughters, you know, under his reign. So we need to be more mindful as a community. Like, we're not exploiting our children. We're not putting our children in harm's way for the sake of what the reward could potentially look like long-term. And if you bought that, you ain't coming to our cookout. Please stay home. I don't care how good your mac and cheese is. Don't care. Not the mac and cheese. Not the mac and cheese. You know, y'all be particular about the mac and cheese. And the pasta salad. Really? People are particular about pasta salad? Because I'm like, I hate mayonnaise-based pasta salad. I need some good a good vinegar red Italian dress and stuff. I need that. I hate a mayonnaise-based pasta salad. I hear that. I hear that. What is y'all, what is y'all's beef with stovetop mac and cheese? I'm aggressive. Stove? Are we three? Are we three? Aggressive. Are we in college struggling? She said. Is that what we're doing? Well, we, just move on. Struggling. Move That's what's happening. We're struggling. That's what that is. <laughs> We're in college struggling. That's why we're eating stovetop. If that stovetop mac and cheese doesn't have three to five real cheeses in it, some milk, some butter, and it's made on the, for a quick weeknight meal, we ain't doing it. <laughs> okay. All right, Ty. Just go ahead. Who else ain't coming <laughs> yeah. to the cookout? Because I ain't going to do this with you today. Um, so we'll talk about this later. Sierra and Russell have been in the news so much lately. Like, and it's not even of their own doing. Like, really. Right. Not right. even of their own doing. So to all the men who want to be Sierra because the type of hate they're showing towards Russell, calling him a simp, um, just essentially like demeaning Sierra in all of this. She's she's not all of that. She's not that pretty. He can have a she can have whoever, he can have whoever, but yet they chose each other. Look at God. Um, but for all of those who are hating on that union, because in some form or fashion, you're bitter that you do not have that type of love in your life. You have not ex- been able to experience that type of healing. Um, we don't want you there. Keep, keep your trauma at home. Keep your bitterness at home. It's, it's just ridiculous. Some Again, we're going to talk about this later, but... I see y'all out there, especially the men who want to be Sierra, because ain't no way you, the, it's the men who want to be Sierra. You want to be Russell's little boo? Go on now. Go on now. Okay. I'm just All right. You want to be Russell's boo? And on that note, y'all, let's, 
<laughs> right, right. Okay, let's uh, let's get into the conversations for the week. We have a lot, y'all. When I say a lot has happened in two weeks, so much so that I didn't even know what to pick for us to talk about today. But we're gonna try. We're gonna try first. I want to talk about this power ball winner, okay? Um, if y'all don't remember, and this is according to um, Madame Noir, according to News Reports 2015 Powerball winner, Marie Holmes is now being sued by her ex-fiance, Lamar, Hot Sauce McDowell. Now they wrong for putting his nickname in there, Hot Sauce. Anyway, so after Holmes won um, an $188 million jackpot, she and McDowell continuously made headlines for their tumultuous and fairly expensive relationship tens of millions y'all in bond money being paid by her over the course of four arrests to help bail him out of a variety of serious offenses okay so uh hot sauce as he's called in the streets he is a drug dealer well-known drug dealer and so now he is suing her so this is the, the audacity thing, right the well okay the audacity that's one perspective people are saying well one is she wrong so the reason she's getting sued y'all is because he's currently in jail i think he gets out in 2023 um and he made her the um owner of all his um estate right so all of the property all of his property she controls it while he's locked up and she has been selling off his stuff including the car that she purchased for him the business that she bought for him she's been selling all of that stuff off after they broke up and so he's suing her because he didn't give her the permission to, to sell the gifts that he received from her. And since she's currently the proprietor of his estate, um, she's not acting on his best interest, which is what you're supposed to do if you're given that title. So first of all, what are y'all thoughts around that? <laughs> hey, y'all ever had your parents tell y'all this? It ain't yours if you ain't pay for it. Y'all ever had your parents say that to y'all? I haven't, but I, I hear I, that. I, I hear, that was I hear asking because that. that's what went through my mind. He was like, okay, this is in my name. This is this, this is in my name. I did this. And they broke up, baby. But the stuff was right. like she put the stuff up, in right. his name, I think. Mm -hmm. She paid for it, but exactly. It, she did. Put it in his so name. it was she paid for it, but the car was in his name and the business was was in his name. However, she was the proprietor of his estate while he was locked up. So she controls his assets, right? Similar, almost similar to what Britney Spears was going through, a bit different because it was a conservatorship, but she was in control of his assets. So the question is legally, does she have the right to sell his property? We need to get a lawyer. It's a gray area. We need to, we need to have a lawyer come chat with us about something. <laughs> we do. We do. It's a gray area because I mean, when you're over someone's estate, you technically can sell their property, but you're supposed to be doing so when it's within their best interest, right? Um, <laughs> some people, and <laughs> I want to give Zayna's perspective because uh, you know she grew up in the streets of, of Tennessee, Humboldt. Uh, what, what's the saying uh, you always say? The boat that don't float, but nothing to Okay, there she go. The boat that don't float but know how to get down. So people are also critiquing her for doing this, right? They say that this is street code. Like he took care of you. He looked out for you when you had nothing with his street money, uh, which is why she returned the favor by bailing him out so many times and buying him all this, this nice stuff. But is there a point where that's supposed to stop? Like where she has settled, I don't want to say a debt, but settled that debt and is no longer obligated uh, to 
support him in this well, way. Well, I think based on Zena, street codes, she's supposed to ride or die until the wheels fall off. That's, that's street code. Um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think um, if you're looking at it from like a relationship standpoint, like she doesn't owe him anything else. She used $12 million to buy you out, sir. Like it's fine. And so I think that every relationship has a point where they can go their separate ways. And so if they were at the point where they can go their separate ways, I think that it was just as easy for her to be like, okay, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Like who you want me to get this stuff to because I'm I'm not going to keep dealing with it. Um, it's, it looks like that she got, angry with him and knowing that he was in jail and couldn't do anything about it and took advantage of the situation which I also think is wrong um but she no longer owes him anything and he doesn't owe her anything either like if you want to think about like payback or like you owe me they have paid each other off <laughs> 10 times over like it's fine but yeah she wrong for some of that man right. stuff she ain't right. do it <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you gave him the gift, you gave him the gift. You just go with God. Since you have millions, you you didn't need to sell that car or that business. It wasn't. But at the same time, top, top she, like, okay, she feels like she owns it two, two times over. One, she feels like she owns it because she bought it. But she yeah. also feels like she owns it mm-hmm. because she is over his assets. She's over his, his items. So it's like, this mile one right. way or another, and I'm going to sell it. I'm gonna do what I want to do yeah I stand on the side that she might be wrong but um speaking of relationships just transitioning us into Sierra and Russell so uh Ty brought this up already about who are not inviting but y'all this has been a social media fiasco um for years I want to say but even more so now after he made that comment about one of his biggest fears being losing his wife and you know, I thought that that was such a beautiful sentiment and beautiful statement. I, I was hard pressed to see where someone could see the fault in it. But I just want to read some of the commentary that I've come across um, in relation to that. <clears throat> so nobody hates him. Well, first of all, the original poster said, I don't understand why every time this dude says he loves his wife, people get upset. People responded like nobody hates him. To be honest, he's getting taken advantage of. Uh, some females will date uh, guys like Future their whole life have a bunch of kids and expect an actual good man like Russell Wilson to take care of them. Dude's a simp that has fallen for a trap. We also saw comments like, typical simp behavior, you're a highly paid football star. Mm, B word's gonna be lined up to F with you. Sierra don't even look that good. You can get somebody way finer than her. You're more valuable than she is. She should be afraid of losing you. She's a washed up R&B singer. If you leave, I doubt she's going to be able to get anyone else of your caliber unless they're also putting his bid in okay he want to be russell boo come come on i don't sound like a hating asshole he want to be russell boo yeah yeah y'all i'm i i don't even know where to begin to unpack the misogynoir to to unpack the patriarchy there's just so much embedded in the hatred of black women in a lot of these comments and so first things first what is everyone's obsession with russell and Sierra what's the obsession what do y'all what do you think about that y'all I think social media has like turned our brains into mush and it has like truly like skewed our perspective on a lot of things that probably would be different if we didn't have social media or if it it didn't play such a heavy part 
And I think that for one, people like misery loves company. And a lot of people are really miserable. Okay. And I think when you see a happy couple, it's like, why are they so happy? Like he can't be that happy with her. Like she ain't that bad. Okay, but like that's his wife. Like it's okay right, for him right. to be afraid to lose his wife. Right, right. And Sierra right. never said that she wasn't afraid to lose him. Right. Also, you like one of the examples was like, okay, right, women right. like to have a whole bunch of kids and then just want to try to find a good man. Niggas do that all the time. Niggas be having kids in all type of area calls. Truly. Truly. The man they mention specifically. Same future. kids in every area code. And then and then had a nerve to have standards. I know mm. you trying to have those standards. If we if, if, I'm, if I'm taking this mm. perspective that this guy didn't get gave, I ain't saying these my personal thoughts. I'm saying if right, we're gonna go right. on that example, men do this all the time. And it's not based on race. People like to say black and men know men do field. this all the time. Okay. They be having kids everywhere. So uh-huh. I'll add that men men will marry the good one and still go out and have kids uh, everywhere. Right. And women so women don't have that same and, and we're not gonna freedom, okay. You can't just come home one day pregnant with no no date of right? conception. You just can't come home with right. kids or say like hey, I got pregnant by <laughs> right the 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 so and so man. No, they don't work. It don't fly. But no, to answer your question, I think that um, misery loves company, and people don't like to see people who are happy or who seemingly look happy. And them calling, it, it's just it's yeah. a lot of pieces. But I'm gonna see what Ty say, and then I come back because it's a lot. It's a lot. Ty, what are your thoughts? Y'all know how I feel on the surface. They're hating ass hoes trying to put their bid in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. but looking at it and I I am and I, I, I'm going to stand behind this there is a, a level of education on relationships that is missing um, mm-hmm. on, on healthy relationships on even on the healthy formation of self that's missing because there is to me there's no reason um, and so when I hear these comments and when I hear all these comparisons being made like it doesn't make sense to me because in my mind, I am, I see Sierra and Russell as two people. They have their past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, Sierra has been kind enough to speak on her past a few times to clarify yeah. things and all these misconceptions that people have had about her uh, former relationships, specifically with her child's father. Um and these are two people who have who decided to be together. Sierra has healed from that. Russell is a healed person. And together they're working and building. I see a healthy relationship. I see a man who shows love to his wife and a woman right, who shows right. love to her husband. Like that's, that's the stuff I see. But I also see masses of people who cannot comprehend that for some reason. And I, I, I just really wonder where yeah. that breakdown happened, where we aren't well, well, I'm saying we aren't doing our part on educating what healthy relationships actually look like, what that behavior looks like. But I don't, I don't know that that, well, that's, let me not say that that's not a part of it. 100% a part of it. We need to do a better job of educating what healthy love, especially in the black community looks like. But I'd argue that this is almost willful ignorance, like it's intentional ignorance. And, you know, the idea that somebody to 
people can find happiness in each other is not that hard of a concept to conceptualize, right? Like she had a past, he had a past, now they're together, they're doing great. The part that has bothered me on some of the posts I've had to hop on, because you know, y'all, find me in these Facebook streets. I drive on the every time. Okay. Okay, I drag hoes. So some of the posts that I've, I've hopped on has been um, discussing net worth and this perspective of who is worth more or valued more in the relationship. And I find this point to be inherently problematic, like regardless of, you know, who came in with what into the relationship, it has nothing to do with the fruitfulness of said relationship, right? This idea that his net worth is more that while she's rich or she has money, she doesn't have billions, right? And somehow that means that he is the one that upgraded her versus she is the one that upgraded him. First of all, y'all don't know the type of foundation that governs their relationship. None of us do, because guess what? We're not in their homes or in their beds. And I'm sure if you were to have an honest conversation with Russell, he discussed the ways that Sierra has upgraded him right? Whether it be financially, spiritually, uh, emotionally, and, and vice versa. If you were to talk to Sierra, I'm sure she'd have an honest dialogue about the ways her husband has upgraded her. Y'all, that's the point. The point is to be with people that elevate you. That's in friendships. That's uh, when you're surrounded by family. That's when you're in relationships with your romantic partners. You want to be with people who elevate you to a higher self. That's not something that is unique because Russell is a football player, a well-paid football player, right? So, it's weird to me. It's weird to me that that's the premise of the dialogue that all y'all want to talk about how she has no hits. She she's this, she's that, and he's the simp that got played. It's just a very strange perspective to take. Uh, Ty, what are your thoughts? Well, I actually have a question. And so the first time that I it came across the term simp, it was on TikTok, and it was this whole what is it? No simp November. I thought it was no shade November, but no simp November. Where did this, does anybody know, like, where did this even come from? This idea that a man cannot be kind, loving to their partner. I, oh, I think the first time I, uh, well, really quickly, the first time I heard the word simp was actually on the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne uh, used it. Uh, that was the first time I heard the word simp. But I don't think it's that a man can't be kind or loving. I think the context is that these are men who are um, being kind and loving and being taken advantage of. Like their goal is to do those things to get women, but they're being taken mm -hmm. advantage of by said women. So I think that's what makes you a simp. Um, but Zaina, did you have I a I was going to say toxic masculinity for 200, Alex. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very toxic. 100% because now, because now that you said that, like it's with the context of them being taken advantage of all, who who is taking advantage of right, who in this right. relationship like what I don't know I don't know where they're getting it I really want us to just stop one Sierra and Russell aren't asking to be the pinnacles of black love they're not asking for you know themselves to be the role models that you all look up to when you're thinking about what love looks like they're just living in love y'all that's it and y'all want to spend all day assessing their relationship in these uh social media streets leaving people alone leaving people alone okay uh, next up, we want to talk really quickly about Tulane, Tulane School of Medicine. Um, so this is near and dear to my heart. As you know, I'm in the medical field. Uh, Dinar was hired, or Dinar actually, I'm not sure how you say her name, so excuse me, but she was hired at Tulane as the medical director of the Internal Medicine Residency Ambulatory Service in January 2008. 
Uh, she became the co-program director of medicine pediatrics later that year, and this is where she oversaw residencies of medical school students. She claims that she was initially named co-program director rather than the sole director as a result of racial discrimination. According to the lawsuit during the interview process, Ham told Denar that I'm afraid that white medical students wouldn't follow or rank favorably a program with a black program director. However, we'll be comfortable with you sharing a position as co-director with a previous white male med program director. This is according to Strecker's statement. Uh, Dr. Lee Ham categorically denies the allegations of racist language made in Dr. Denar's suit. So she was recently let go uh, and it's been all the rage on social media, TikTok, Instagram. And so what are you all's thoughts? Like one, are we even surprised that uh, perspectives like this exist? Um, I, I personally am not. Um, and as I was, we were talking about this before yeah. we started recording. Um, I, I, I know where we, being where I went to school, where I attended grad school, I am well aware, <laughs> um, of the discriminations that take place, research, um, the discriminations that take place in the medical field. Um, but even like hearing people's stories say, I've been following this guy on TikTok as he's chronicling his experiences in med school right now. None of this, it, 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 none of this surprises me at all. I'm just like, yeah. okay, maybe I'm confused on something. So has, is what she's saying true? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the lawsuit is. She's suing them for firing her. And she's saying that they let her go because of these reasons. And so we're going to see as the case develops and evidence gets produced, whether it's true or not. But I'd say that given history, I'm, I'm more likely to believe that there's- Yeah, I would that. like to believe, I probably would believe most of it as well, especially when you talk about within the medical field, because everything is a formula and everything has, everything just has a formula to it. I'm learning, I learned a lot of that from you. So I definitely would, believe this I hope we can keep up with the story because I'm very interested interested to see how things unfold with this one I have yeah, a question I agree okay so Barb you're in med school I, and I I mean some of the stories that you've told us about your experiences with some of your classmates yeah I don't know if you call them classmates or if it's your cohort um but some of them folks what do you think especially because you're in terms of ranking programs and all of that what are your thoughts? I want to know. Uh, this is a very interesting topic. Uh, we all know that I think it's less than 4% or 5%. Uh, double check me on that. But <clears throat> of um, medical schools are uh, filled with people that look like you and me, right? And so when we think about that as a whole, um, we are in fields with predominantly non-people of color and we experience microaggressions similar to this on the daily. Uh, there also isn't a real um, curriculum that is dedicated to undoing some of these biases that exist among professionals. And so you're also uh, training future physicians and they are not um, debunking a lot of, like I said, these internal biases that exist against people of color. So I'm not surprised by this. I'm not at all. Um, it's interesting. We always crack jokes um, the black students, um, my colleagues, about how vocal our uh, white student counterparts are with administration when they don't like things, like they're the first to send an email, they're the first to, you know, make a post about it, and how much 
more reserved the black students are even against the same injustice, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if a white student would have an issue with a black program director um, and be very vocal about that to the point where an institution decides to take out, you know, something like this, letting, letting her go. So like Zaina said, it'll be interesting to follow this case and, and kind of see where it goes from here. Speaking of uh, discrimination, I do want to play this clip for you all really quickly. Um, it's from the Young Turks. Um, if y'all don't follow them on Facebook, please do. They give very unbiased, objective perspectives when it comes to politics. Florida, who tried to redefine the meaning of the N-word, uh, to black students, by the way, is now under investigation. Uh, the teacher who is not seen in the video that we're about to show you made other racially insensitive comments. Um, so with that said, uh, here's a look at the TikTok video that had been going viral as a result of what this teacher was doing. Uh, let's take a look. What? They would crack the slaves with the They wouldn't the do that to slaves. How do you know? Wow. Were you there? <laughs> me? <laughs> like, how do you know? Let me, let me help you out with your, okay? Before I kick you out. How? For why? You want to have an honest conversation? Let's have an honest conversation. Don't give me the ha ha he he ho. Let's have an honest conversation. <laughs> okay. That's what I want. That's what we're here in AP for. Now, now that Florida teacher is about to get real honest about what he thinks uh, about uh, the N word. Listen. If I call somebody the N-word, what am I calling them? The N-word? No. <laughs> ignorant? Yeah, ignorant. The N-word just means ignorant. It doesn't have any other meaning and any other vocabulary other than you are a stupid person. You are ignorant. You are not well read. You are not well educated. That's what it means. Uh, that is the first time I actually watched that video. I read about the story. Um, wow. So, <laughs> uh, what are you all's thoughts about uh, this white teacher redefining what the word nigger means? He can go to hell with a first class ticket. He can go to hell. And shout out to that student for recording it. I wonder what else the teacher then said that they haven't been able to get on films and tapes <laughs> on the films. Well, could you say that all the time? But uh, no, the, it just amazes me how many teachers in the education system are teaching just wrong, flat out wrong information. And it gives teachers as a whole a bad rap. I know plenty of amazing K-12 teachers um, who are who are great and of all different races and creeds and you know, all these other things. But they're the the wrong ones are so loud that you just cannot ignore it. I cannot believe that that teacher wholeheartedly in 2021 said that to those kids as if they didn't have phones mm -hmm. or as if they couldn't record them. And he seemed to like not be fearful of that at all. Or, or more importantly, he's a history teacher, AP history at that. How do you give such an ahistoric definition of a word that has been contextualized by scholars and real world experiences for centuries? I'm puzzled I'm also at his puzzled. negligence 
in that I'm way. I'm also puzzled. Like, and he was like, what? let me tell you, let me, t- let me help you out before I kick you out. Okay. Kick you out. See, but, but also this brings, this shines light on another issue. Oftentimes, specifically when black kids, I've been in the seat and I have witnessed it and it has happened to me. When you have, it's always happened to me when it was a white teacher. I'm not saying it can't happen with anybody else, but it's always a white teacher, male or female. And there are black kids who are in the class who are extremely intelligent and who know things and can argue with you until they blew in the face. Those dynamics are always so toxic. And all the people that I know who have been, most of the people who I know who have been in the student seat of those arguments are now in the street. They didn't go to college. They didn't go to a trade school. They didn't do anything else because there was something in that dynamic that made them feel like it's not even worth it. Why would I continue my education and continue to experience these things with people who say that they have my education um, at the forefront of their mind, but they really don't. Those dynamics of tearing students down not because the, the teacher knows more, but because they are a, in a position of authority, is truly detrimental to the longevity and the success of Black students. Yeah, yeah, I I hear that, and we could whew, we could really dive into the K through twelve educational system, and we might on the next episode because I think you brought up some really really good points there, but. Ty, as someone who's done a lot of research when it comes to the intergenerational trauma uh, related to slavery um, and because of words like this that were so heavily, uh, I guess, intergrained into our society, what are your thoughts on this new definition of the N-word? I second what Zaina says, but I am going to say it's not new because I do remember growing up and learning that in school as well. Mm-hmm. So it, me too, me too. And, but but, and, but it, I, I noticed there was a difference. So I've had some black teachers, I have um, majority white teachers. Um, and it's, it's what, what is it, they say it was before, Will, that willful ignorance, as you mentioned, it was with the Russell C, everything, that willful ignorance. Yeah, yeah, it was as it. if the white mm-hmm. teachers were just willfully ignorant. Um, just about what that term held, like that, just that oversimplification, right? The one to show that it's just a word, a word can't hurt you. No, this word has served to uh, dehumanize an entire community of people. Like, it's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just that. Um, I'm sorry, I was gonna have a Karen moment and say like, does he still have a job? Because it's no way that in this day and time, right, right. you're gonna teach, you. I'm, I'm not gonna stand for you to teach my child that right? we're gonna be real now where yeah. he can, when he can walk outside and get shot because of how he looks. No, 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 no. We're gonna have some real conversations yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, I'm with Zayn in that. This is 2021. This is, it's very strange. Not to say at any point we should have been having conversations like this, but especially in a climate that is hyper aware uh, very sensitized, you would think that the professor or not professor, teacher, excuse me, would have um, just more tact, one. Um, and I just want to add that when I say the word new definition, really what I'm saying is it's this ahistoric perspective on a word 
that is has been contextualized by people a lot smarter than me. Let me say that. So at this point, it is you being willfully obtuse for you to present that perspective to students in your class who are trying to learn about history. Um, and it's it's unfortunate. So here we are, you know, just another day in America. Uh, so going a little lighter, I want to play us this clip really quickly. Now, we're not going to spend a bunch of time on it, but uh, <laughs> I hope y'all laugh like I did listening to it. So here we go. A lot of you women out here praying to God for something you ain't even ready for. You're here praying, God, please just bless me with a man, Father God, that makes $150,000. Meanwhile, you got a McDonald's salary. But what you finna do with him? He like Creed and Tom Ford. Meanwhile, you still got on Bath and Body Works Mist. What you finna do with that man? What you finna do with him? You praying and asking God, please bless me with a man that come from a loving family. Meanwhile, you got fucked up communication skills and abandonment issues, and you still trying to figure out why your father ain't never give you no hooks. What you finna do with that man besides destroy him? So uh, one, she came from Bath and Body Works. So that's really where I had beef. But but outside of that, <laughs> what, what are y'all's thoughts on this idea that you cannot have desires or expectations um, from people in a position that you aspire to, but you are not yet in? Uh, what are you thinking? Is she wrong? Is she right? I'm tired of people coming for Bath and Body Works too, because I don't care how much money I got. I'm finna wear Bath and Body Works mist, because that's my business. That's what's wrong with people. People be worried about all the stuff that does not concern them. My fragrance don't concern <laughs> you. What I choose to smell like, if I want to smell like melon, uh, cucumbers, that's my business. Period. That's my If you want to smell like cherry I'm blossoms, not worried about you wearing uh... <laughs> my business. Mine, not yours. People will be so worried about what's going on if they if somebody else has sweep around your mm -hmm. porch, lady. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's look tangential. Um, what was we talking about? I didn't get mad about that. Basically, basically the idea that you should not have aspirations uh, in a partner that is in a position you're not in yet. Okay, I say the same thing. Then be Simone just say this same thing. Did y'all watch that video of B. Simone? No. When she was saying literally the same thing. So here, here's a moment. We didn't talk about it on um, the show, but B. Simone, I think maybe it was uh, last week or the week before the apocalypse. I'm really not sure. Last week was a blur. But B. Simone released a video where she was literally saying the same thing that this lady is saying. Like, you want somebody who's a family man, but you ain't talked to your mama in six months. You want a man that make all these all this money, but you 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 know what I'm saying you doing X, Y, and Z, or you haven't started the business, or you haven't done whatever else. Pretty much saying like you want all of these things, but you you haven't done the work on yourself, which at a minimum, I get exactly where she's coming from. But people came for B Simone because it came from B Simone. It was a, that was the person who was communicating it, right? And so this woman is saying the same thing. And even me with sitting here, I'm just like, yeah, like I can understand that. But I also think that, again, people are so concerned about what the next person is doing. Mind your business. That has nothing to do with you. That has nothing to do with yeah. you. Like, mind your fucking business. I you. But I also think that, like, I, when it comes to relationships, people want to find a way to tear other folks down. And I think that that is, I think that that's where that comes from.
people want to tear other people down and my business not there. I want to add, I agree with everything you said, Zaina. Also, along the same, same lines of Kevin Samuels, which we talked about several episodes ago, you know, our relationship expert, um, I've come across more videos of his over time and he does equally drag men and women. That is true. Um, but again, this concept that because of where you are, you're not allowed to aspire for something else. I don't agree with that. I don't think it means that you can aspire for something else and also not be doing in the work or the self-work yourself to become the kind of person that attracts those things. I think you should be. But I don't think you having the aspiration of more is inherently problematic. Ty, what are you thinking? Um, about the same, I don't, again, I don't think it's wrong to want more than what you have. Also, I understand what she's saying because to me what I heard is you want all these things but you also need to be willing to put the work in to show that you are prepared to have these things like I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned from church right you pray and pray and pray for this stuff but what's going to happen with that prayer is that the Lord is going to make sure that you're prepared for the things that you want um he will you so you'll go through situations to prepare you and so to me that's the message that I heard again mind your own business, mind your business. <laughs> um, and, and I think, mm-hmm. and it's not, I, I, let me not say, and it is mind your business because you want people, you, you want people business and I don't like that. But I think there's this, there's there's this thing, like when we are want to communicate I, I, ideas and I know it happens to me, I think we use words and tones um, that may not accurately get out the message that we're trying to give. Um, and so I think that was the problem with that video. The same thing with Kevin Samuels. Also, I'm very tired of men stepping into women's business. So that's that on him. Okay. Um, but I don't, okay. think, <laughs> I, I don't think that the words she's saying is necessarily wrong. Like if you want these things, you want this man, you got to prepare for it, right? You got to prepare. You, how are you good with yeah. money? Are you yeah. building a foundation for yourself? Like, what are you doing? Right, right. I love that you both focus on the core message versus how it's being presented. Oftentimes, we we don't do that. And I think that's how we lose out on the meaning of messages is because we're not really focused on the core of what they're saying, but we're being emotionally triggered by how it's being said. So I appreciate you all's perspective. Do we care, real quick, do we care about Kim Ye and and this divorce, like care enough to actually talk about it? Like, are we invested? I have, um, I we're not invested, but I have a point that I think y'all would be interested okay. in. All right. Okay. So um, someone brought up Kim and Kanye's, uh, I think it was, a, it was a friend of mine. I remember now. Well, I was on the phone with one of my friends and they brought up Kim and Kanye's, you know, divorce and all this other stuff like that. And the point that he made was pretty much like, um, Kim worked so hard to to date black men and to appropriate the culture and do all these different things like that. And you got a black man, now you don't want him no more. You finna go on to somebody else. And I was like, okay. And it was like, pretty much that was the point of it. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, I hear what you're saying. And I definitely think like she's appropriated the culture like the whole family has. Like they've appropriated it to a lot of things that was not becoming but I also think that Kanye is such a interesting example that it's kind of like, he was like, she couldn't even stick it out. And, and I said, but on the flip side of that, 
I don't know any black woman that would have stayed with him as long as Kim did. And they was together for only seven, well, I'm gonna say only seven years, but they were together for seven years. And they were together before they got officially married. I don't know if that includes the married years. They were married know. for seven. They were dating longer. Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna say 10 years. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. say 10 years. I don't, I don't think any black woman would have stayed with him out of all the things that he has done in the past 10 years. I'll say not this generation of black women. Like our our mother's generation of black women. Oh, our that's they they would have stayed. They would have stayed. But this generation of black women, absolutely not. No. No, I just wanted to bring that up because I wish I could remember verbatim um what he said, but he pretty much was like, you know, you wanted that black man, why you ain't staying with him? Like, uh, is it getting too hot for you? Like you appropriated the culture. And I was like, I hear what you're saying, but my point was even though Kim has done all of these different things, like I don't think that that's enough for her to stay in a relationship that she don't want to be in. Like that's not her responsibility to fix Kanye. I think that's conflation. And people do that often in conversations. They take multiple different points to like make one point and all of the points have nothing to do with the other. Like has the family appropriated? Absolutely. That has nothing to do with what's happening in this marriage at this point. She's also been married and divorced several times before this. And I've seen people like, oh, why are we blaming Kanye for this divorce? Shouldn't we be blaming her for being on her third or fourth marriage or whatever the case may be? Y'all, I'm going to act like Kanye don't have problems. You're, you, you just, y'all can't act like that man does not have like diagnosable, medic, medically treatable problems. And she stayed for seven years. They have, what, three kids, four kids together? Four four kids it's like at a point so even go ahead even further like the conversation I had with my friend also got into Chloe and it was like well Chloe Chloe left Lamar too and I was like I hear what you're saying but these two men have and have serious issues and I think that Chloe and Kim stayed with them longer than anybody would have stayed with him so I get what you're saying Mm -hmm. and I hear you and they've appropriated and we can like we can drag them and all those things. But I said, when it comes to these men specifically, I wouldn't have been there two days, but that's just me. Wait. That's just me. They also don't want me. So here's that. <laughs> Goodbye. Wait, like, wait, so I have a question. What? I need to have, I have a clarifying question then for this conversation um, that you had with your friends. Okay, so what's his point? Okay, so the, was the point like they're with these men and they're leaving? Because he even used Lamar yeah. as a as a point like do we have we forgotten why chloe left him <laughs> like did we so i i think his point was kind of i think and i don't want to put words into his mouth but from what i've heard from what i heard from the conversation i feel i felt like it was one of those things like you deserve it like you did all these things to black culture you did all these stealing you took all these opportunities from other people like that's your punishment mm-hmm. stay with that man be committed with him you work so hard to get him you mm-hmm. need to stay with him that's what I've okay. heard. And I, for me, I'm just kind of like, they have done a lot of wrong and mm-hmm. I hear that, but I don't think that they, I don't think that that's a punishment that we have the right to delegate to them. Yeah, because it sounds like a sprinkle of uh, misogyny in your friend. I'm not going to lie. That whole thing sounded laced with misogyny. We can have a problem with how they've interacted with Black culture and critique them in that, but I don't wish suffering on no one. Yeah, I was like, like, I don't think that it's any woman's responsibility to save 
you know, specifically, like, that's not their responsibility. So I hear you, but no. So I said all these things. I said all these things. And he was like, you know, I'll, I'll reflect on it. But I was like, I don't know. I hope he I does think you're a little left or right, too. baby, but I love you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being left or right, left of right, uh, I want to touch really briefly as our last big topic about this Columbia pre- professor uh, who is, uh, he's using drugs recreationally. So uh, Fox News, yes, I'm referring to Fox. Several um, uh, news outlets have written about it, but I just love the way they phrased it. Um, that's me being sarcastic. A heroin-using psychology professor at New York City's Columbia University is laying out a constitutional argument for legalizing recreational drugs in his latest book, Drugs Use, Drug Use for Grownups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. Okay. Dr. Carl Hart calls for the legalization of all drugs, arguing that it is a fundamental American right for responsible adults to decide what to put in their own bodies. So real quick, do you all believe it is possible to use narcotics recreationally? Do you believe that? Before I give my professional ex- opinion. <laughs> um, mm. Okay, so when we're talking about, you know, using them, like, are we talking, what is it like schedule A, schedule C, like what, what level are we talking about? Because I think, right, well, I think he's talking about heroin. He does heroin, Molly, cocaine, and X. Those were the things that he admits to doing recreationally. No, 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 you don't think you could do, no, but I also think that microdosing. I also think my no is no. laced. Sorry, y'all, that's my dog. Um, I also think my no is laced in like growing up with cracking. Like I, my family was hit really hard by the crack epidemic and I grew up with lots of crackheads and lots of people that did drugs and, and alcohol and what you can name, they did it. And I just, I think that's where my answer comes from knowing that there's a, another end of that quote-unquote recreation and there's plenty of drug addicts out there who believe that they had a handle on what they were doing and they really didn't and they didn't realize that they didn't until they was somewhere that they didn't want to be and couldn't and didn't have the understanding to make a different choice so I say no I say no I um I agree with you my perspective is a bit different I didn't grow up with crackheads but in my professional expertise in um, the the things that I've worked in and researched, as well as my basic knowledge, like it's not possible to recreationally use these drugs. Um, and I say recreationally use them. So we're not talking about the one-off, a kid went to a party and was given X and like, you know, that was his one night experience. We're talking about him taking vacations from work which is what he admits to doing to go to his cabin house in the in the woods and he does these drugs and and he needs to do them to relax I mean that is along the lines of addiction there's a questionnaire we use in the medical field to you know assess whether someone has an addiction problem and I'm sure Ty there's something similar in your field and the fact that you need these drugs to have work-life balance you need these drugs to detox or to relax that is a problem so the argument now is should this be a fireable offense, right? Should he be allowed to do these recreational drugs and still get tenure? 
a lot of people in the professional groups I'm in are talking about how his research is based in this. He's renowned for this. Like this should not influence whether he should or should not have tenure or should or should not remain employed. Ty, as someone in higher ed, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, Zaina, I don't know what your students like, but baby, you got to do a little something, something to deal with them on some days, baby. I think that's the reason why they don't drug test in higher ed like that. Because they know. We love it. <laughs> they we know, love it. honey. <laughs> you need something. Um, wow. He, so he's a very, I didn't, he's a very interesting case to me. Um, and especially with the fact that his research is in it, he's very public about it, um, which means that uh, Columbia knew about this. Um when they hired him, like they, they knew, or they might've had, they might've suspected it. They knew that this was his research focus, but did not know that he was researching himself. So okay. this is what's new, is the fact that he is now participating in recreational drug usage as a case study for his research, which ethically I have a lot of issues with, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> that is, there, there are many ethical issues with that. Um, but do I think this should, do I think it should, mess up his tenure and all of that honestly um no and I say no because and barring barring just his stance on it many states are taking the initiative to kind of decriminalize some of these drugs and are reaching for programs um asking for programs to help drug users as opposed to punishing them um and so I think it's kind of timely um, now, his argument that you, you need to do it, I agree with you, um, Dr. Barb, these maladaptive coping strategies aren't it. If this is what you need to do to relax, I mean, I think there's some other work that needs to be done. Um, but I know I don't think that this should can be considered an offense against him, not during this time. Like, I, I think his work, I think he can do work in an area to really um, push the envelope and let's see what dec decriminalizing some drugs will do. Let's see how, about building programs in various states, like how that can go. I um, just want to end with this. I agree with you, Ty. I do believe that it should be decriminalized. I don't think there is any good in putting any type of drug addict behind bars. So I agree with you completely. But I think the dialogue is less about should we decriminalize it uh, versus legalizing the use of these class A narcotics, right? But those are two different perspectives. I don't want to make them more accessible because I know the danger of these drugs and the outcome of long-term usage, as do a lot of you. So we'll see where this goes. I, I think he should lose tenure because of it. But I do think we need to have some discussions about the ethics of his know. research at a later date. And you know what's funny? If, if it were opioids or even cocaine, my perspective would have been slightly different. And I hate to say that because I know a lot of functional adults, uh, especially in the medical field, uh, in, in higher ed, who use cocaine regularly um, and they're fine or who abuse opioids and they're fine. Um, but when we start talking about things like heroin or PCP or things along those lines, it's a whole different different conversations. So anyways, ending with our One Gotta Go. So in honor of the end of Black History Month, we're going to do a One Gotta Go Black movie edition. So here it is. Y'all know the rules. So let's get into it. Uh, first one is Friday. Second one is Boys in the Hood. Third is Menace to Society. Fourth, Training Day. Fifth, Baby Boy. Sixth, Set It Off. Seventh, Juice. Okay. 
This is a little difficult. Right. Barbara, still, she literally sits at home at night and be you like, how can I like... get to it. You know the rules. Like, <laughs> you're trying to whip up a whole formula. She works really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on. Zenny, you go first. I know I'll rip what I'm getting rid of. Well, you go. What you get rid of? I, juice can go. Juice can go. Um. So... <laughs> I've had it up to here with y'all movie choices. I am offended. That Disney movie edition truly offended me, but now I am Honestly, I was torn between Menace to Society and Juice, but I feel more of a connection to Menace to Society than I do Juice. So, listen, all my ifs is so fine and juice. Okay. I need to see that. I need that. Okay. But he's been in plenty of movies. So even if we get rid of this one, we still don't see him somewhere else. I mean, I just, I just, he, he's fine in the wood too. Oh my God. Okay. But that ain't no here, so that's fine. Okay. Um, I'm looking up these movies because it's not that I don't remember them. I just need to see like the advertisement to be like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Um, uh, Die, have you come to yours yet? Listen, so come I on, am y'all. a fan. I'm the same fan. Y'all know I, I'm not because one of my favorite movie scenes is in this movie. But I think Baby Boy can go. What? I know, I know. I know. You know what? The thing is, last week I told the people I was going to be a solo host. <laughs> and I don't even know why y'all back this week. I don't know why y'all back this week. So... This is just solidifying the people what they want. Whatever. Which one? Baby boy. I mean, that's classic. Taraji. It it is. It is. But in comparison to some of the other films, I hate you, Jody. I hate you. Listen. What? The way his mama boyfriend together. Yeah, but it can still go. All right, Ty. Goodbye. Whatever. Zayna, what you got? Come on. Um, I'm going to, this is really hard. Okay, I'm going to say Minister Society. Yeah, that's what that, those say. were the two lowest on my list, Minister Society and Juice. Don't worry because about it. it's like, you can't get rid of training day. You can't get rid okay. of Friday. Set it off, it's not even a No, set off, is not going anywhere. Right? Ooh, so then you have boys in the hood. Huh? Listen, What'd you say about the way I cried, the way I cried and said oh it Oh my gosh, boohooed. Yeah. So Queen then you got Keeper? Boys in the Hood, Minister Society, and you have Juice. Those are the choices. All right. But okay. then you picked pick Baby Boys. So I don't okay. know what you just I'm about to, I'm actually about to add one to this next list for, for Zayna. <clears throat> so... That's fine. Oh, oh, I forgot about Belly. Belly was supposed to if be. If Belly is added on this list, then Belly can go for me. Baby Belly boy. actually can go. Belly can go. Belly can go for me. Because My that scene with him, I love Belly. Him getting ahead from that child in that car, that was enough for me to be like, I'm good on this movie. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't remember that. Yeah, girl. I way. may not have known it was a child. She was like a high schooler. He's like 14 or 15, and he was a grown Oh, man. I don't remember. I don't even remember that scene. Funny thing is I saw Belly as an adult, maybe like early 20s. So I didn't see it like yeah. as a young kid like most people did. So I was yeah. creeped out by that movie where other people were like, it's a classic. 
Anyway. <laughs> Second list. Love and Basketball, Brown Sugar, Poetic Justice, Jason's Lyric, Antoine Fisher, Dead President, and The Wood. I gotta look up Dead President. <gasps> Dead President? You don't remember Dead President? When they were in the mask, robbing all those banks? Uh, I've never seen Dead Presidents. <gasps> it can go, actually. I don't even know what that is. Which one? Dead President? Dead How y'all not know Dead, Dead President? That never I cried. Seen it. I boohoo cried in that movie when he died too. Who died? I hate that for you. You need to go watch it. Movie, it's a movie. Their um, president okay, so, can go. And Jason's lyrics Jason, can go. I've never seen Jason's lyrics either. Tommy, <laughs> never seen it. Oh, and you're talking about taking people's black card, and you haven't seen Jason's lyrics. I mean, I know who's. I'm, I was say I've seen Jason's lyrics. But in combination to the wood, no, the wood's not loving the basketball, brown sugar, poetic justice, like Antoine Fisher, yeah, no, all these movies. Because I got a thing, I got a thing for uh, uh, dang, and now I forgot his name, but the guy who played Jason, I mean, the guy who plays Antoine, I had a crush on him too. <laughs> like I love him. That movie was sad too. Most of these movies made me cry, actually. Well, not loving basketball, brown De- Derek Luke. Derek that's Luke. Exactly. She made me cry. Love and basketball made me cry. Luke. Does love and basketball make me cry? The first time? No, I don't think so. I was sad for her. I, I was, the way he played her. Yeah. Who? In what love movie? and basketball. Love and basketball. But it, I cried. Yeah. Tears. Like at the end when they got together, I was like, oh my gosh. And it's so like, it. I was in high school then. Looking okay. back at love and basketball, it's problematic. <laughs> It's but I really it loving basketball is problematic but like the first time I saw it I was you know younger and I didn't know that it was problematic because that's that's you know that's what I grew up around that's what I saw and it looked really normal like it looked normal to me so I don't know well that's it that's all I got next week's uh or next episode is one gotta go gonna be real good y'all so you just get ready for it uh, so Zaina, what's going on in these social media streets? Okay, boom. I girl Megan got a man, and I'm really excited about it. Like I just been overjoyed all week since she's announced that her and Party, I think it's Partisan Fontaine. I think that's how you pronounce it. They are an item, and I'm really excited about it. Like it's so cute to me, but I also think that because I'm such a Megan fan, I just want her to be happy. Like I just want her to be happy with whatever she's doing. So they are a couple. Um, it was announced last week, I believe. Um, and she was on live, and she was just answering different questions and stuff like that. And she finally was like, "Yeah, like we're together. Like um, that's my boo. You know, y'all need to stop talking about him. Whatever." So then they, I think later on that night or maybe the next day, they went live. Well, she went live and he was there. And it was just really cute. And I love it. And everybody was talking about how, thought you you said we was hot girls. Like I thought this, 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 whatever. And she was like, hey, you never said hot girls can have boyfriends. Like, when did I ever say that? (laughs) And I was like, she did. Like, she never said that. So anyway, also, why y'all so wrapped up? People need to really mind their business. People be so wrapped up in the next person business. Like, you decide what you want to be. If you want to be a hot girl with a boyfriend, be a hot girl with a boyfriend. If you want to be a hot girl that ain't into men, then don't be into men. I, why y'all making it hard? Anyway, men got a boyfriend. Shantae's got a man. Y'all remember that song? 
John Payne's shadow man at home. That man left home. And she be like, I gotta, I gotta go here. <laughs> that song is actually very problematic too. Now when you go back and listen it to the lyrics. Because there's, there's a part where she be like, your man be beating on you. She don't right. Know you, that's your problem. That's your problem because my man don't do that. <laughs> I was like, girl, where's the empathy? What's happening here? Compassion. I'm going to listen to this song after we get out because I need to, it is problematic. It, it was problematic. Okay. So there's that. So also I came across um, on Twitter, this hairstylist. And so you know how here lately we've been talking a lot about um, in the social media world, been talking a lot about different hairstylists and like kitchen stylists who really ain't got no um, certification, but they, you know, been doing hair since they were six, seven, eight years old. Now they're making money. I was one of them, so I ain't even throwing them under the bus because I definitely got my hook long. Um, but talking about these different hairstylists and stuff, but I think this is actually someone who um, has their certification in um styling hair and all these different things so here's the issue um this stylist retweeted I think she put it on Instagram and somebody put it on Twitter but um the stylist put put up a picture and it was it looks like somebody who has a blunt cut bob um and it says do not book with me if you cut your hair within the last year 12 months last year I will not service you exclamation point she writes in the comments or uh, in the caption, I will not braid your hair, not even a trim. Blunt cut messes up my braid pattern. She can't braid. So this that's what so a lot of people in the comments and once it made it to Twitter was like, she can't braid. Like right. you don't even want me to have my ends clipped in the last 12 months. So if I'm getting my hair done in November and I have my ends cut in May, you still can't do it. Mm. So people were really coming for her in the comments saying that she can't braid. Um, and so people now, then they started going in on her and they was like, being, they was being sarcastic. So this one girl was like, do not come to me with hair. You must be bald upon arrival. If you have any growth, you will be turned away at the door. I will spray your hair with Windex and Buff. My starting rate is $400, no discount. And it had a picture of Eddie from That's a Raven. And it was just really funny. <laughs> it's just really funny. Like, and another one. Another one. You have to come with your hair done already. If you don't come with your hair done in the style that you want to do, want me to do on you, you will not book with me again. No exceptions. So, like, people were just being really dramatic. But that's what it sounds like. We have went from, you need to have your hair already washed, detangled, this section, you know, all this other stuff like that. Um, you need to be on time, no kids, bring your own hair. Um, you know, just all these all these different things that you need to do. And you got to sit there on live because, you know, motherfuckers ain't got certification. So they don't be having no type of other official advertising, which I'm not knocking nobody's hustle. I'm just talking about my experience. And then you got to sit there on live with the tripod in your face. Why they doing your hair and now now everybody can see you look like who shot Donna Wolf up. That's just my experience. But okay, so my question for y'all is, is it going too far? Is it going yes. too far? Yes. And this like, is way too far. And this is, no, it's not acceptable. It's way too far. And this is becoming a big conversation. Cause even on the talk, there's a um 
there's a cosmetologist who's out there who's speaking out against all of this. And his, his number one thing is if they tell you that in order for you to do, in order for them to do your hair, you need to come wash and blow dried already. You need to leave them alone. And his reason for that was because a cosmetologist, like a licensed cosmetologist, is they learn the skills to assess the health of your hair, the health of your scalp. The washing and the shampoo and conditioning process allows them to really assess this and see what your hair needs. Um, and so I think we're going, we're moving from a time of, you know, no, I, don't, I have nothing against uh kitchen beauticians, right? I've gotten some of the, oh, my best relaxers came from somebody's kitchen. But <laughs> back in the day. Somebody <laughs> garage. But like, like, come on. We're shifting from this, like, okay, where it's, you know, I'm I'm going and someone is going to take care of my hair is going to be a relaxing experience to, okay, I need to do, I like, I need to be the one to fully, fully, fully take care of my hair, even though I don't know how to assess the health of my hair. I'm not quite sure the condition of my scalp, you know, stuff like that. Um, but also pay somebody $400 just to do it. I mean, here's the, also, here's another point. I think that this, this generation, younger folks, they don't, they don't remember. I feel like they don't remember the past years of where hair care has gone. So they don't remember a time when they had, they were able to get their hair washed when they went to somebody, even if it was in their kitchen. They have been in a, they have been coming of age in a time where this is normalized. So when you have older people who remember a time where it's like, no, you could book with the lady around the corner and she's gonna wash her hair, she's gonna detangle it, she's gonna do all of this stuff for you. Or you may have to come with your own hair you may have to come already washed but like if your kids need to come by like they you know it was about the hustle and so I just feel like people don't remember that time there's that very quickly um I want to mention this last one um I want to talk about Vanessa Bryant and Meek Mill so Meek Mill recently released a song where he mentions Kobe Bryant the line goes this be I'm effing always tell wait always effing telling me and she loved me, but she ain't never, ever showed me. Yeah, yeah. And if I ever lack, I'm going out with my chopper like another Kobe. So he pretty much made a line um, about Kobe's death. And Vanessa Bryant, she came back. She pretty much was like, you know, I find this line extremely insensitive and disrespectful, period. I'm not familiar with any of your music, but I believe that you can do better than this. If you have, if you are a fan, fine. There's always a better way to show your admiration for my husband. This lacks respect and tact. Um, when I first heard the line, I didn't think much about it, but I also didn't think I really digested what he said. Um, and I appreciate Vanessa even being so kind the way that she was, because she really could have like clapped back and like got with him on that, but she did it in a very respectful way. What are y'all thinking about this? I think a few things. One, rap uh, usually refers to the loss of life. So that's not a new concept. People refer to death like Tupac and Biggie and, and all of those people. Um, I also think there's a lot <clears throat> longer of a time removed from those deaths. So it's not as common, at least not to my knowledge, for people to refer to deaths that are a lot more fresh. Um, mm. So I think if, if it were several more years removed that maybe her reaction to the line 
would have been a bit different. Um, in general, I'm not a fan of a lot of rap, but that's my personal opinion because I find two things where either one, not really digesting the things that they're saying, or if you are, the things that they're saying aren't things we should be digesting. And so I don't know what his goal was in that song or what message he was trying to get across or how helpful it was. So I don't know. I don't think she's wrong for speaking out. It's been a year, y'all. She lost her husband and her daughter in one of the most tragic ways. Like, I think it's her right to grieve both privately and publicly if she so chooses and to call anybody out for speaking on the legacy of her husband um, if she finds it offensive. So I support her. Okay, please don't drag me. I have one thing really quick. Just give me like two minutes, two minutes. Um, I came across uh, Lauren London's, um, some talk about Lauren London. So as you all know, Lauren London um, dated the rapper, rapper Nipsey Hussle. She also has a child by him. Um, and they were together, allegedly married at the time of his murder. And so there has been conversation about her moving on, starting to date other people. Um, if y'all remember, there was a conversation about, I think it was another rapper or somebody else trying to talk to Lauren or they were maybe speaking on Nipsey's name and they was like, no, like Lauren's off topic. Like, don't speak on him. Like, don't touch her, whatever. But it was because of Nipsey, not necessarily because of Lauren's like womanhood and her need to like be shielded just because of who she is. So now the conversation is um, she's dating again. Um, there was a rumor about her being pregnant. It was just like a whole bunch of other stuff. And a lot of people are having conversations about it. So I wanted to bring it here. And I know, again, we don't have a whole lot of time, but it's just this idea that Lauren had, Lauren is able to be protected as long as she's in conjunction with Nipsey, but her on her own is not worthy of that protection or not worthy of being shielded or being given the respect of someone who was mourning, you know, the love of their life. And so wanted to bring that out there. I know we don't have a lot of time to discuss it, but wanted to put that out there because it's a conversation that's been rumbling on the social media. So yeah, that is um, that's actual factual, right? But we know that we know women in historically have been associated in their as far as worthiness and conjecture with their mates. That's not a new concept. And we know misogynoir, misogyny and patriarchy still dominate even in the year of 2021. So I'm it's not far fetched to think that people Bill Lauren only deserves protection in the context of Nipsey, but not because of who she is. Um, and on this podcast, we will forever preach protecting Black women, also protecting Black men. We, we want to protect each other and uplift each other. So hopefully we start to see a change of the tides as we move forward, Zaina. Or uh, if you are willing to bring this back up on our next episode, so we really have more time to unpack it, that would be really, really dope. Really, really dope. You got it. Ty, it's up to you now, girl. What you got for us? Um, so I know this is the part where we're all supposed to go off. So I'm gonna let y'all go off, but I'll go first. <laughs> <clears throat> I just don't understand. No, nah, I actually don't have anything today. Um, <laughs> you don't never have nothing to go off about. What's your problem? Because <laughs> Ty, I don't you have it. Any- being happy every day. What's your problem? listen listen I have a really good baker my happiness is taken care of every night (laughs) my baker is on point okay (laughs) (sighs) who's next anyway Barb what you going off about I don't 
don't really have a like a rant rant um there is just a concept I want to throw really quickly we didn't really talk politics this week I know we'll probably touch on it more next week but I've been in a lot of Facebook debates about Biden and his um snail pace at things like forgiving more student debt um a minimum wage conversation um even just pandemic relief and I just have uh, points that I want to poise for our listeners just to reflect on. One, are we in agreement that presidents should have um, authoritative power or they shouldn't? What I noticed is when the occupant was in office, there was a bunch of critique about the way he used executive orders, about the way he enacted legislation uh, and how he uh, bypassed the congressional process. Are we in agreement with that? And if we are, then why did we critique it then since we're now asking for the current president to do the same? Or are we stating unilaterally we don't agree that the president should have that amount of authority and that there should be a process that balances an executive order in relation to congressional action? We need to pick a side. I think this is the issue in general with movements is that we keep flip-flopping on what we, what we believe in and what we stand on what our tenants are. It's either we agree or don't agree and we can't switch it dependent on who's in office, right? So if we don't agree with that and we don't think that a president should have um, authoritative power to do whatever he wants whenever they want, then we need to allow for Congress to also be involved in the conversation when it comes to student debt, when it comes to pandemic relief, when it comes to minimum wage. You can't expect him to just create executive orders that do the things that you want just because he's the guy you want. The same argument the other side used during the last presidency. So I just want us to be consistent in our messaging. Whatever that messaging is, we just need to be consistent. That's all of that. Thank you kindly. Thank you kindly. Zaina. Okay. So I've already talked about a little of this at the start of the show, but this last week was traumatic. I'm not okay. Like, I literally was boiling water for baths for several days I did not have electricity I was in my house freezing and I had no way of getting out because all of all of the hotels were completely booked up so I couldn't go to a hotel and they were booked for the week roads were really bad so it was really dangerous to even be out and driving I also didn't tell y'all um that I, when I finally was able to get out of the house, I went to Walmart and Walmart had barricaded both doors where they weren't letting anybody in. I don't know if they had ran out of stuff. I don't know if they just had too many people in the store because we still are in the middle of a pandemic press. I don't know, but went to Walmart, um, both of the doors, uh, both entrances were barricaded and um, they weren't letting anybody in. Some of our less melanated friends were beating on the door and knocking and yelling and trying to pry the doors open. Some of the people who have a little more melanin were like, okay, great. We're just going to leave and try another location. I was one of those people. Um, after that, I went to Kroger. I got a few groceries, but there are, were quite a few owls and frozen um, food sections that were completely empty. Uh, but I, I was able to get a little bit of what I needed there. And it just, it was just like a whole traumatic 
experience. And once the ice melted, uh, I was off for a week. I didn't have to work from home or anything. Uh, people were still reaching out to me via email, asking me for different things, asking me to work on different things or trying to make uh, meetings for the following Monday because we were expected to go back to work, which we did go back to work. But it was just so strange to me because I'm just like, please leave me alone. Like, I, I can't even frame my mind to think about anything work-related. And finally, after the snow melted, you know, everything seemingly went back to normal. There was some residual, residual effects of something like that happening. Like, I had a pipe burst in my house um, until I had to get that fixed. And it was just like a whole thing. Uh, I went to work Monday. And it was just so strange. I was very zombie like very out of it wasn't motivated at all and I spent most of the week like that just very much going through the motions it was it was just traumatic it was a very traumatic experience and it's hard for me to explain it. and I even mentioned it to my therapist I was just like I feel like I'm being dramatic like I feel like <laughs> it wasn't that deep like why am I so affected by this and she's amazing because she's like okay you know like let me help you think about this because that was a lot but anyway that's my going off about how so many people were talking about Texas and like oh we're used to all this snow and we have this and we have that our houses are not built for that type of weather we don't have the infrastructure our pipes are not lined uh with with that type of weather and temperature in mind we don't have the snow plows or the salt machine. Like we don't have any of those things to really be able to do the things that y'all do in Detroit or Iowa or, you know, it's just not a thing. So shut the fuck up respectfully. And I appreciate the respectfully at the end. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for sharing your rants today. Um, you know what's funny <laughs> real quick? Uh, Zaina, you listen to Jill Scott's podcast, right? Hatefully, yeah. Okay, and it's so funny to me when they ever like, they're always like, respectfully, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know, this last, I think it was this last episode, they had like a whole the song. The last one? They had a whole, they yes. made a whole song and it was like all these variations of shut the fuck up. Like, I, it, was, it was everything It's so me. funny. It was if y'all don't listen me. to her podcast, y'all have to, because it's, it's really hilarious. good. Uh, it's really, it's really good. good. Yeah. That's kind of where I, I'm so glad you listened to it. That's kind of where I got that from, like, respectfully. No, like, respectfully. Like, honestly. Honestly and truly. You can stop. Yes. So, um, anyways, carrying us out this week with uh, my girl, Alex L., and her seven things to remember about letting go. Uh, here we go. So, you are not lacking. You are receiving it might hurt and you may grieve, but you cannot hold on to what isn't for you forever. Release the urge to force what doesn't fit. The more you loosen your grip, the more at peace you'll become. Control is a trauma response that keeps you stuck in repetitive, unhealthy cycles. Mm. You deserve so much more than what you're settling for. It's time to start changing and elevating Settling doesn't support your highest self. Even when you feel comfortable staying where you are, no more shrinking or playing small. You are liberating yourself by making room for something that doesn't have to be forced. Ease will find you. 
And that's that on that on that, y'all. It's been another week. Okay, miracles and blessings, y'all. I know, me too. Miracles and blessings, ladies. Miracles and blessings. <laughs> see, that's how we see that's how we friends. Cause you just you just knew. Y'all silly. Okay, stop All recording. Right.